there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, happy Easter weekend, my friends, and if you have a Jewish faith, Passover, I guess, is upon us. Uh, I wish safety and love to each and every one of my brothers and sisters out there. Thank you for tuning in. And it's, you know, it is a delight because uh, many of you are clients of Jack and I, and it's uh, just a wonderful way for us to continue to uh, communicate uh, with our clients. It's very important for us to uh, communicate the success in investments uh, when you're working with professionals. Uh, it really, it hovers around uh, communications, understanding uh, of both parties uh, so success can be had. And that's what uh, we do at the Wolf on Bay Street. If you have any questions, by the way, for Jack or I, WolfgangKlein.com is your money portal. Uh, lots of ideas. And please, if you have any questions or comments, uh, feel free to send them our way. We will respond. And, of course, we are always here for you. Uh, Jack, are you good? Very good, Wolf. And like you said, we're getting lots of feedback on the show, and it's been positive feedback. So it's it's nice to hear from our clients, and also obviously from just investors that have have questions about uh, you know the general market or individual stocks. Indeed, what the, the show is a money show, and uh, it's all about making money. Uh, again, uh, we do not operate in a vacuum. Uh, being successful at managing money uh, requires a, a network of uh, brilliant minds. Uh, collectively gathering thoughts and uh, coming up then with your own uh, formal opinion. Uh, I work with many, many individuals uh, who I cherish as friends and uh, professionals. Uh, Ron Mizells is one of those individuals. I, I've known Ron now for, I would say, two decades. Uh, I met him uh, back in my banking days uh, at CP24 when I was doing some television work, and uh, Ron was a guest there. He also came into our branch offices for presentations. Uh, Ron is a publisher. He's a certified market technician. Uh, he is very passionate uh, about the markets, uh, and Ron just never gives up. He is the energizer bunny. Um, uh, he has a list of investment ideas, uh, individuals, and, of course, uh, professional money managers like Jack and I uh, can subscribe to his work. Uh, if you have information for your, uh, or questions for Ron Mizell, info at phases-cycles.com. Without further ado, ooh la la, it is my French friend Ron Mizell's Bonjour, mon ami. Ça va? Bonjour, bonjour tout le monde. Uh, très bien. And very, I'm very happy to be on, on you again and good to see you again, even though I hope we're not going to see anything that's not true today on April the 1st, but uh, let's uh, talk about the market. Well, indeed. And uh, again, the show is recorded. It's Easter weekend. Uh, it is Thursday and uh, the first of a new month, the first of a new quarter. Um, Ron, why don't we begin with, uh, again, this is behind the scenes mechanics of the market. But uh, two things that, that recur in my mind when you have a month like March, take place and number one is uh the, the month began following a bit of a weak finish to february and i said to myself as an old friend taught me you know when you begin in weakness it can be a very long month and to, again Mar march felt like a long month to me but once you come through a volatile month with a lot of stocks rotating uh out of tech into value out of closed economy, into the reopening economy, the focus around the bond market, a lot of movement going on. A hedge fund blew up, uh, affecting some of the uh, balance sheets for uh, some of the uh, investment shops. Uh, I think Credit Suisse, UBS, uh, had some exposure. Don't quote me on that. I just buy it. 
with my day-to-day news reading like the, seems to ring a bell. Uh, if I'm wrong about that, please, I apologize. Um, but the the, uh, the the month then, as it was coming to a close, they said we're going to see some portfolio window dressing. It's just a interesting. Month and that's inter- coming. To, it's not just a month and that's coming to a close. It's actually the quarter coming to a close. That, that was my point. Exactly. It was a quarter coming to a close. So you, you had the two working in tandem. And so the quarter ended, uh, I would say, with the rotation sort of saying it, it, it's occurred. Tech is going to get itself a bit of a footing again. Uh, and maybe the baton uh, out of value back into tech uh, will start the new quarter. Uh, Nonetheless, the market has been doing a lot of rotating and digesting and backfilling. So, Ron, uh, again, you're a market technician. You have about five decades of experience. Uh, please, one of me, share with the crowd your views on the market uh, as we enter spring. Well, we had actually a very nice rally from uh, the end of con- October to, to, to yesterday, to March. The market the Dow was up 20, over 25%. And the late part of this 26% rise was the fact that the Dow and the S&P was kind of doing very very well, but the NASDAQ was coming back. So they were selling the NASDAQ stocks that have done so well recently. And now here we are at the end of the quarter. And what's the next thing that's going to happen is that the earnings are going to come in about the 15th of April. Usually the earnings come in about 15 to 17 days after the quarter ends. So companies are right, right now are looking for what is going to, what was the good thing about the first quarter of this year and looking forward to the next quarter. And I think we're ready for a bit of a pause because since May, in fact, when the Dow was about 2,300, we're at 33, uh, sorry, 23,000, and we are now at 33,000. The Dow is up 1,000 points since May, which is less than a year. So it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic progress. The S&P actually was up from 28,000 to over 38,000. Uh, sorry, yeah, 28. 100 to 3,800. So again, it's up almost equivalent to what it was on the Dow. And so wouldn't be surprised if for the next quarter, this coming quarter, the market would be a little bit uh, weaker, a little bit, uh, you know, digesting the gains that everybody had in the, in the market since last October or for last May. Mainly some of the stocks that have really, really gone ahead in Canada, I think some of the bank stocks have done very well in the last quarter. Look at Bank of Montreal up from 96 to 116, and uh, other, of course, the other stocks uh, as well. And uh, and some of the uh, energy stocks, for example, look at Suncor, that since uh, January, the end of January from $21 is up to $29. Of course, it's pulling back a little bit now. But so this is what's happening. Going, I like to, I think will happen is a little bit of profit taking going on, maybe from April and and May. Now you know the old saying in the market: sell in May and go away. So if we're heading towards May, a lot of a lot of profit taking should have should happen, and we'll see how it go how it uh, comes comes out. But there are still stocks that are doing very well. And some of these stocks that are doing so well are on our list, what we call a list of investment ideas, which we publish once a week. And it's just simply a list of the stock that we think are, buy, uh, are attractive for buying. 
we give support levels, we give uh, targets, and uh, you can have it uh, coming to you once a week. Just go to, as uh, Mr. Klein said, uh, uh, info at phases-cycles.com. We speak with Ron Mizells. He is a, uh, a certified market technician. Uh, he, he's a, a king on Bay Street as far as I'm concerned. Uh, works in Montreal, uh, of course, but uh, he's very, very passionate about the market. So he continues to publish. Uh, his services are available, as he indicated, at info at phases-cycles.com. Um, Ron, uh, again, we speak about sell and may go away. Uh Bespoke is an investment service I do subscribe to, um, and uh, they just data mine. Uh, it's pure data mining, and, and they just look for parallels between today and yesterday. And uh, the month of April, according to all of their data mining, uh, tends to be one of the strongest months of the year. Uh, myself, I always find March to be a very challenging month. Uh, so, uh, again, I, I, I found March to be challenging. My guess is... Uh, April will be a decent month. Uh, earnings, as you indicated, will be hitting the tape in about two weeks. Uh, I think portfolio managers who got um, excessively underexposed, some of those growth stocks are going to probably, or are rethinking that position right now, thinking maybe they, they've fallen too far too quickly. Uh, and if you look at some of the value stocks, the likes of perhaps Boeing, uh, perhaps it's had too much of a move so far. Uh, and again, the, the market is a mistress, and it's a tough one, I, I shall say. Uh, when I look at uh, charts, I look at the Dow Industrials, for example. The Dow Industrial chart looks clean as a whistle, uh, whereas the NASDAQ chart, it has a little bit of work to do. But th this was also supposed to be the year of China, where China was supposed to lead the global recovery and as such be one of the stronger markets internationally. Uh, do you want to speak a little bit about some foreign markets, Ron? Not my uh, best uh, part of my life. Uh, we mainly uh, concentrate on the North America. No foreign, no, no for, no foreign affairs, eh? Uh, well, all right, no let's take affairs. a I like No foreign affairs. Foreign. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Uh, let's, let's bring it back home then. Uh, you, you have a list of investment ideas. It's, 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 a, it's a list that you support, you follow, you, you monitor and advise continuously. Uh, again, I always say to people, don't spill, don't eat your popcorn in the lobby. Save it for the movie. Uh, but, Ron, give us a little teaser. Uh, give, give us your best idea uh, for some new money. And give us, if, if, if you were, uh, a, a name you really don't like, a short candidate. Or not a short candidate, a sell candidate. Wow. Give us a buy. Give, give us a buy. Give us a sell. Yeah. Uh, consumer staples, or they have Empire on the list. Uh, in the energy sector, on a pullback, Suncor and CNQ will be very interesting. Among the banks, we have Royal Bank on the list. And uh, on utilities, which is in case you worry about, you know, if you just want to buy some stock that pays dividend and the market may do anything, but this, these guys are just heading higher. We have Superior Plus that is very, very outstanding. In the, in the oh. States, where I have a very interesting name, and that is called Bad Bath and Beyond. And somebody said, what, the, what the, you, know, you know, who has to do anything? Why should I buy Bad Bath and Beyond? And I reminded them that everybody, including my wife, since we're locked in and we can't go out and spend money on restaurants and movies and theaters and operas, 
So she decided to, to freshen up the kitchen. So we've got a new new fridge there and a new stove. So that's where the money went. So that's where Bad Buys and Beyond is going to get the money. Ooh la la, says Ooh la Wolf la, on Bay Street. Uh, um, Ron Mazel's a market technician, gracious enough to spend some time with Jack and I on Hi-Fi Radio this Saturday night. I shall say in the present tense of course we're recording the show on thursday live market time market looks quite green on this april fool i'll take it uh timeless stuff we're talking about here on hi-fi radio uh stay tuned more show coming up right after this let's take a break but after wolf and jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto La lune trop pâle caresse l'opale de tes yeux blasés. A little Moulin Rouge for my current guest, Mr. Ron Mazels, who is in Montréal. Uh, he is a very, very fine market technician. He's an author. Uh, his publication uh, can be found under info at phases-cycles.com. Ron Mazels, it's a pleasure to spend some time with you. Uh, here on Hi-Fi Radio. Um, the Roaring Twenties uh, comes to mind. Uh, again, you speak about Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, I could argue, I don't want to argue with you, Ron, but I could argue that trade has been done. We Everyone has stayed at home. We are dying to get outside and party like it is 1920 all over again. And if that's not the case, then perhaps at the end of the Second World War, uh, Jack just uh, sent me a publication from Fidelity. says at this period in time, there's a lot of parallels between the end of Second World War and the uh, renewed optimism about the future. So again, I, I speak of optimism right now, Ron. Uh, share with us your thoughts on, 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 on what I've just tabled. Well, we are on the long-term outlook. We are definitely in a bull market. We had a number of little corrections like at the end of 2018. We had another crazy thing, which I call a flash crash, which we had in the February, March of 2020. But most people think that we are too far ahead and uh, this is uh, we can't go very far. And this secular bull market started in 2009. And I believe strongly that it will not finish at least till about 2027 or 2028. Because so Ron, yeah, and we, we concur with you. Sorry, Jack. Previous secular no, no, no. bull market lasted close to 20 years. Now, if you just take mm-hmm. that 2009 and 20 is 2029, but I chopped it a bit back, but this is the outlook for the current bull market. So any kind of a minor correction, whether it's like a flash crash, whether it's like a little something that happened in 2018, everybody went uh, bonkers about the market went down and it almost went down 20% and therefore they said, oh, it's already a bear market. No, you just to use any kind of a pullback as a buying opportunity because this market has the tempo to go significant higher as the years go by. I would add to that, Ron, and again, thanks for joining us. Those corrections and the, the one in 2018 basically was people were talking at the time and saying that the, the cycle was extended from 2008, the longest bull market, one of the longest bull markets in history anyways, uh, and the Fed kept tightening interest rates. Um, it felt very real at the time for a lot of investors. And like you said, it was down 20 percent 
So things do need to feel very real for someone to sell a stock when it's down 20%. So at that period of time, Wolfgang and I were holding a lot of hands of our clients, telling them to hang on, telling them that, you know, uh, things should turn around, like you said. And as I recall, it was actually, I think it was Christmas Eve that the market bottomed. And then on Boxing Day, the Dow went up. Um, I think it was a thousand points when they, they basically pivoted and said that they're going to start lowering interest rates again and being a lot more accommodative. So things do feel very real in those corrections. So that, that's where a steady hand can really add a lot of value. Um, getting back to your, um, getting back to your point on the bull market here, uh, secular bull market, Ron, um, we're about 80% off the lows, the, the COVID lows for the S and P 500. How far do you see this, this market running, uh, in terms of, you talked about the duration of it, but how about in terms of percentages? I actually have uh, uh, an article published on the Globe and Mail that I said that, that the market could go to 100, the Dow could reach 100,000 within a century, within a decade, I mean, I should say. Because in, in 1987, I published a report and the market was 3,000 on the Dow. And the title of my report was 10,000 in 2000. 10,000 in 2000 from the Dow 3000 at the time. So we, have, we are now, we were just about at 30,000 when I published this thing in the Global Mail. And I think that the market could do exactly the same thing when it went from 3000 to 10,000 in, in, uh, in, during ni- from 1987 mm-hmm. all the way to 2000. And we could do it again to go up to close to 100,000 by the time we get to the end of this decade. Wow. So yeah, that's a big and number. Don't worry about the little minor corrections. Jack, do me, so do me a favor. And, and let's do the back of the envelope. Uh, Warren Buffett uh, analysis. Uh, mm-hmm. The global economy today, gentlemen, is, I'm going to throw a number on the table and work with me. Is it about 80 to $100 trillion of global economy today? No idea. Uh, Jack, what do you think? My, my, I think it would be a little lower than that. I'd say. Yeah, I think it's about 60, 80. 60, I'll tell you why. 60 to 80. I, do me guess. a favor, Jack. Google it. I'm gonna, Jack, do a quick Google. I'm going to continue speaking here for a second here. So if the global economy is approximately $100 trillion, I think I'm right on this number because I think the U.S. economy is about 20 to $25 trillion, which is about 25% of the global. So I think my $100 trillion is close. Um, that would imply in 10 years the global economy assuming uh, the valuations remain the same the global economy would have to in uh, as such uh, triple in size and become a 300 trillion dollar economy does that make sense because tony dwyer says uh, the direction of the market follows the directions of earnings which which follows the direction of economic activity yeah um which is true, and again, you talk about you talk about following the direction of earnings, Wolf, and uh, I would say it obviously the market leads the the direction of earnings in the short term, but follows it long term. Um, you're looking at cor- first quarter uh, results, and you know Ron's calling for a corrective phase uh, coming into you know April and May, but uh, first quarter earnings are expected to be up twenty percent, and I think uh, Q2 is up, expected to be up fifty percent. So the market has priced that in, and it, certainly expectations are relatively high. But I wouldn't be surprised to see that the market actually beat those expectations. Just to get back to your global GDP, uh, it is in, in 2019, Wolfgang, it was uh, 87.55 trillion. Pretty good guess. Yeah, pretty, pretty good, good number. guess, my good friend. Yeah. I like to, you know, it's so. funny because I like numbers in our business, guys. And again, in this industry, 
managing money, you do have to often think on your feet and think pretty quickly. And so data mining within our own gray matter is very helpful. And Jack, I'm going to compliment you. You have a fantastic memory uh, and you're very able and capable of recalling um, days gone by and, and really how the market was in specific years. Uh, I like to, at that point, I have to refer to uh, some uh, charts and good old uh, uh, data off of computers. So it is important to know these numbers, I believe. Uh, how many barrels of oil the world consumes? That's now about 100 million barrels per day. Uh, you know, the average value of the Canadian dollar over time. I know the top of my mind, that's about 75 to 80 cents, sort of where we are right here, right now. I don't know, these factors, I think, are interesting in the world of money management. Um, let's take it back to Ron. Um, let's go back to the Roaring Twenties. Um, to speak to you, please, you're a historian. <laughs> how, how much did the market move uh, from 1920 to 1929? Uh, and again, 29, we all know, was a very challenging year in the market. What will happen then in uh, 20? 29 with the market. That'll be the 100th anniversary of the great crash. Uh, uh, I throw it back to you, Ron. Well, uh, it might it, it quite possibly be a crash coming in 2029, but uh, we have uh, it's, it's far away now to start worrying about it. I think, as I said, you should be looking at where the, where the market is today rather than uh, where it's going to be in 1929. We'll be a little bit older than we are right now, and uh, by, by that time we will find out what, and what went up. Uh, some stock would be at a level that uh, we probably don't even think that it's possible. What do you think is going to happen to interest rates in that period of time, Ron? No idea whatsoever. Sorry about that. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Jack? I would expect that interest rates over the next 10 years, Wolf, uh, the Fed has indicated that they want to, uh, to get uh, inflation averaging around 2%. So I would expect them to rise over time. And I would expect, um, you know, we basically saw almost zero interest rates in the U.S. And I think that is um, the, the secular bottom on interest rates. So in, into a secular bear market for bonds. And so, John, again, because that, that is very important what Jack just said there, um, a secular bear market in bonds, which means the word secular means long in duration, long periods of time. And the markets right. do move in long periods of time. Uh, when you study history, and it's, it's, it's interesting because the data, American data is very good going back about what, Ron, 100 to 150 years. Uh, if you want more inflation data or data on gold, I, I've seen some British data that goes back into the 1600s. How good that data is, I do not know. But it still is very, very fascinating to see long-term trends and how they do play out over time. You know, the word deflation uh, is not a new word. And uh, again, it, it is the, the, the exact opposite of the coin to inflation. And it remains a real concern. Uh, and as such, I think the uh, the central authorities are doing their darndest to reflate assets uh, come hell or come high water. Well, you know, what we're going through right now with this COVID thing is, is very sad and very disturbing. But you look at the Spanish flu when, in the beginning of this beginning of the last century and uh, the market came out of it and it had a fantastic rise, as you said, just a few minutes ago, has we gone from 1920 to 1929. Right after the right after the Spanish, the Spanish flu, and uh, so we can come out of it. That our North American and North American um, can have major rises and major 
uh, fighting the inflation and and, uh, having a wonderful stock market. And I think this is what we are facing right now. And we also mentioned Um, there, Wolf. Great, great upside potentials. We also mentioned there, Wolf, just the parallels as well. Talk about the Spanish flu, but also uh, how this has been, a lot of analogies have been, uh, or parallels have been drawn between this period of time and also the Second World War. And coming out of the Second World War, there was what was called a peace dividend in the market. Basically, the market was was rising because of, um, obviously, the, uh, the fact that the war was over and better times were ahead. Well, it was a special period in time because after the Second World War, the Americans instituted something called the Marshall Plan, and uh, in fact, it helped the United, United States in great ways to be supplying a t- tremendous amount of merchandise and uh, to, the, to, to Europe. Uh, I was in Hungary at the time, and we were getting things, and the whole uh, uh, Europe was getting things that was made in the United States, and so they had a wonderful time in giving and selling and providing uh, food and uh, clothing and whatever, whatever we were needing after the war. They also had the GI Bill as well, Wolf, where they had an infrastructure bill. And you're seeing a lot of those parallels with what uh, Joe Biden was announcing this week. So lots of parallels and and similarities. Yeah, Yeah, no, Joe Biden speaking is spending some $2 trillion. Uh, uh, He believes that will be a historic moment uh, in America's future success. Uh, yet, yet we're going to be, you know, locked down the province uh, here at home. Uh, looks like for another month. Um, so it, it again remains a very fascinating environment. We are chomping at the bit to get back to our normal lives. The pent up demand to buy things, to have experiences, and go places is enormous. And again, perhaps all this will propel uh, Ron's theory that the Dow Industrial could be 100,000 points, currently about 33,000 points uh, at the end of the decade. Uh, I won't talk levels, Ron. I will say uh, our chief technician, Javi Mirza, agrees with you that we are in a decade-long bull market uh, that is ripe for a pause. My good friends, that's what the show is all about, and that's why I bring on guests like Ron to help us navigate uh, the bumps in the road. The long-term trend remains your friend. Stay with it. Just be aware that every now and then you got to, be a passenger on an airplane, stay seated and keep your seatbelt on. Turn your radio up. It's Hi-Fi Radio, Global News, 640 in Toronto. Ron, I want to thank you. I want to wish you a fantastic and a safe weekend. Uh, merci beaucoup. That's the end. Très bien. My pleasure. And good to talk to you guys. And see you soon. More show, my good friends, coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Man, I wish I sounded so good. One of the coolest bass lines in rock and roll, indeed. Uh, my good friends, it is a show about just that money. I am Wolfgang Klein. I'm a portfolio manager. I manage hundreds of millions of dollars for average folk, indeed. Uh, Jack Hurdle, my partner, of course, uh, here for your uh, financial well-being. Um, we like to bring on interesting guests. Uh, again, the world of money management is broad, multiple markets, uh, multiple facets for one's financial success, uh, financial planning, wellness state, looking at all assets, cornerstone asset, 
is a house. Uh, Drew Donaldson, uh, he's the founder of Donaldson Capital. Uh, he's a mortgage broker. I've used Drew uh, to secure my most recent mortgage. Uh, Drew, thank you for spending some time with us. How are you, my friend? Yeah, thanks, Wolf. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a busy time in the market. So uh, some interesting conversations I'm sure we'll have. Indeed. Well, again, you know, you're in the money business. You sell money. Um, the cost of money is interest. Uh, it is very simple. It is the ultimate commodity uh, with very little differentiation, I shall say. And of course, mortgage uh, uh, sellers will tell you otherwise. Uh, but uh, what I like about what you do, Drew, is you really shop for price. Um, <clears throat> and when it comes to a mortgage, as long as the, the terms that you're looking for can be met, it gets down to price. And you help squeeze the, the, uh, the lender. And you're very good at it. So I, I want to give you that compliment. But uh, the bond market has uh, spoken. Um, it has uh, shown that the 10-year, it has taken the 10-year treasury yield from about a half a percent up to 1.7-ish percent. Uh, that is a 1.2% move in interest rates. Uh, and that had dramatic effects on the stock market over the last, I shall say, five to six weeks. Tax got annihilated, value got a bid, uh, money rotated around the board significantly. Um, you have to think at some point that rise in the 10-year treasury is going to work its way into the mortgage market. Uh, I got two calls this week from two different clients. Uh, one uh, was boasting that they just borrowed money for five years on an existing property at 0.049%. I repeat, at 0.049%, they tell me they're able to, to, to lock in five-year money. That is less than a half a percent. Another client of mine told me that their mortgage was up for renewal a year ago. Uh, they didn't take advantage of it a year ago. Fast forward from May to present. Their mortgage was going to move up to, I think, 1.89, from 1.89 to 2.15%. Uh, so I'm getting some mixed messages out there, Drew. You 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 sell money each and every day. Uh, tell me, where can I get the cheapest money on the board? Yeah, I mean, as you've seen since the pandemic, I mean, fixed and variable just absolutely crashed in, in 2020. They basically virtually the same uh, interest rate. Then all of a sudden this year, there was a little bit of swing in the in the bond market, like you you mentioned. And over the last 45 days, I mean, we were doing five-year fixed rates at, you know, 1.49%. And now they've creeped up over 2% on a five-year fixed rate. Um, and that's across the board. Now, if we do like a three- or four-year fixed, we can still get in that like 199 range. Uh, and then also on the variable side, you're looking at anywhere between 1.3. I just had one on a $5 million home the other day, and it was 1.3% we were able to get the guy. Um, but anywhere from 1.3 to 1.5% on the variable is is today's. Not sure where she got that 0.74, but... Uh, you know, so I, I'm going to share with you, I made a mistake. I, I for, He indicated to me he borrowed money. Uh, I assumed it was a mortgage. In fact, it was not a mortgage. It ended up being auto-financing. He bought a high-end car. And he financed it at 0.049. It was. It was. Um, they charged. No, no. I, I want to jump in here. So, you, are you telling me, Drew? I, I, I got a mortgage through you during the pandemic. Uh, it was it was incredible. 1.65 rate. You're telling me I can get that same money today at 1.3 percent? Yep. Yeah. Anywhere so, so one. money went down. The, the mortgage rates got lower. Oh my goodness me! And sorry, a five-year rate. You you told the audience. Share with me again. 
in in the since yeah. in the last six seven months or forty five days, how much have the five year rate changed? Yeah, the five year fix basically went from a one point four nine to anywhere from two nineteen to to two twenty nine today. You're right. That's what my client got called on a five year fix. But the variable is the way to go. Unbel- no, Jack, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Go ahead, Jack. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I say, gonna, wait, wait. I'm crying in my soup here. When you talk about mortgage, and I know Drew knows this as well, but when you're talking about mortgage and mortgage rates, you, you do have to separate the two. You got to separate: is is it a variable rate or is it um, is it fixed? Because if it's the if it's variable, then you're working off the front end of the like the overnight rate that the Bank of Canada sets, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But when you start looking at fixed rates, that's where the bond market comes in and starts setting the price for you. And like you said, the bond market has moved. That's why the the fixed rates have gone up a little bit. And then if you look at the variable rates. Bank of Canada hasn't done anything and they have no intention to for the foreseeable future. So um, because of that, and like you said, you have a variable rate. It hasn't moved either. Well, I will say historically, my good friends, uh, friends at home, when you look at the bond market, historically speaking, over the long term, short term interest rates, i.e. variable, tend to be cheaper than long term interest rates, which makes sense. The longer the term, the more uncertainty and therefore the higher the rate of interest. I'm also going to say to you, my friends at home. Uh, and as a reminder to myself, as you are paying off these exuberant mortgage, exuberant mortgages today that we're strapping on, um, that uh, when I took my first mortgage uh, out some 30 some odd years ago, oh, I'm getting old, um, and the interest rate was 11 and three quarter percent. After the first five years of uh, servicing that debt, uh, I paid off virtually no principal and primarily interest. Whereas today, when I make a mortgage payment, 90% of my very first mortgage payment was going towards principal. The point of the matter is, it is a wonderful method of forced savings. We all know saving isn't easy. When you strap on a mortgage, not too much, but when you strap on a mortgage in this environment with money being as cheap as it is, it is a forced means of saving. Now, I'm gonna also say, a house and a mortgage is not the be-all to end-all to financial success. It's about a process and a plan that incorporates children's education, a slush fund or an emergency fund or a, you know, what fund, uh, a retirement fund, etc. and a house and a whole lot of things around it. Now you got yourself the foundations, the pillars for success, uh, both financially and the ability then to participate in philanthropy. Very important. But good friends, we're going to take a quick break and get back to Drew Donaldson. He's the founder of Donaldson Capital. He's a mortgage broker, uh, mortgages, homes on everyone's minds. Let's learn more about how we can save you some money and get you the best financing available so you have more money to put in your RSP and your TFSA and your RESP. Stay tuned. More show right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Ow! You're supposed to jump in there, Jack. Jack, give me a how. (laughs) I don't know, Wolf. My how. Come on, Jack. That's it. My how. You got it? There you go. There we go. Little brick house. Yeah. It is Hi-Fi Radio. Indeed, it is, my friends. It's a show about money. Saturday night, uh, Easter weekend. I wish you safety. I wish you good health, uh, good vibrations, brothers and sisters. And, uh, of course, it's my duty to help you have more wealth. Um, You know, uh, long-term planning, my good friends, uh, is what it's all about. Start now if you don't have a plan. Uh, Planning means saving. Planning means building 
wealth. Uh, you do that in bite-sized pieces. The beauty of, 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 of I'll use the word strapping, strapping on deck, and when you're speaking about the size of mortgages today, it's daunting. Um, the, the good news when you strap on a lot of debt, that is uh, Good debt, and there's only really one piece of good debt. Uh, I am I, aware for the average Canadian that is a mortgage. Uh, is it forces you to make uh, payments, and uh, those payments equate into paying off that mortgage, i.e., building wealth. Uh, but you can never stop putting money into your own coffers. Pay yourself first. So it's not just about paying off the house over time. It's also about putting money aside and investing it in the broad economy. Uh, you, you had Ron Mazels on the show uh, a few minutes ago, and he was speaking about, he believes that Dow Industrials could get to 100,000 points by the end of the decade. Uh, I don't want to make that calling. That's a little bit aggressive, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Who would have thought the market going into COVID would be down as much as it was and then snap back to make all time highs shortly thereafter. The market is a mistress and is a very challenging mistress. Best thing to re remind yourself, it's like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. Buy good stuff and for the most part, leave it alone. It'll serve you well. Take care of it, just leave it alone. Uh, but we all love our homes and uh, the housing market is very hot. Uh, a key reason why the housing market is hot, that I believe the, the, the primary reason is money is I'm going to say free. Um, but by the way, Drew, so I bought a variable rate mortgage from you. Uh, and it, it, I didn't buy it. So I have to remember, remind myself, or maybe you can help me remind the audience when you take on a variable rate mortgage, you don't buy it at the rate. Because I, when I took my variable rate mortgage, the rate was 1.65%. But I bought it or from you at prime less. And I think it was prime less 85 basis points. So if, if uh, that is correct, uh, am I correct? And so therefore, has the prime rate actually fallen? Is, is that really what you're telling me here? So actually, prime has been the same. So 2.45%. It's been it's been basically pegged since you know March or April at that level. So you got the prime minus 85, which was the absolute lowest and best special at that time, which was in the early fall. Now because of the bond, the move in the bond market, um, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're expecting rates at some point to go up. This is when the discounts get even steeper. And now you're looking at, you know, prime minus 1.15 on a variable. Prime minus 1.15. It's unbelievable. It, 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 that, it so I, I guess, no, one second. So, so, so Drew, I always ask this question about servicing money. Friends at home, if you're shopping for a home or you want a quick estimate, how much debt can I tolerate? Start with some basic math. The, the guy lending you the money uh, has his own math as to how you can service that debt. But just get a quick mental picture of what money costs. If I borrow $100,000, how much is it going to cost me to service $100,000? And then you can multiply that by this the type of mortgage you have to take on. If it's 500000 or 600000 multiply the number by five or six. So how much does it cost, uh, 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 Drew, to service $100,000 of debt uh, today on a monthly basis? If I run the numbers here, you look at uh, $100,000, uh, 1.35, you know, you're looking at 1350 on an annual basis of interest. No, but so the month is the month, the monthly mortgage on a hundred thousand dollars, uh, you know, at 2% or less is how much, or at 1.3 is how much? Uh, 2%. So a hundred thousand, let me just run it for you. Cause it's about 400 bucks. I'm going to say it's about 400, answer about, about 400 bucks. 360. 
$360 only to service a hundred whole. Wow. Again, I mean that sincerely. Wow. $360. Again, at 11 and three quarter percent, when I got my first mortgage, I believe to service a hundred grand of debt back then was about eight or $900 a month. So $360 a month to, to, to borrow a hundred grand, which means if you have to borrow a million dollars and the average home in Toronto is, is over a million dollars. Uh, junkers are now a million bucks. But to borrow a million dollars is going to cost you thirty-six. It's going to cost you thirty-six hundred dollars a month to service that debt, approximately at one point three percent. Correct, uh, Drew? Yeah, you're right. That's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, Jack, uh, sorry, you want to get in there? I was just going to say the the spreads and discounts that uh, that Drew's talking about. Um, you know, lenders are uh, competing for business, obviously, and if they're confident in their recovery, they're going to offer steeper discounts, and that's exactly what uh, what they're doing right now. So, Prime hasn't moved, but uh, as these lenders are competing for business, obviously they have to go to to a lower price, and that's exactly what you're seeing. The other point that I would make to to Drew is a. Uh, Another COVID thing, we talked about the, the tech and obviously stay-at-home theme, but the recreational property market. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just been insane as far as the Muskoka market goes, you know, 20 30% growth. Um, I'm not too worried about the Toronto market. I think long-term, it, it's a great place to be, but I am getting a little bit concerned about these smaller markets where you're seeing a property that was, you know, 700 grand going for $1.1 million. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little concerned, even though people can, you know, put the mortgages on there, uh, you know, what's that going to be in two or three years when we see a little bit of a reverse trend and people start doing a hybrid office approach and they have to be in the city, you know, um, it, it just concerns me, the smaller towns, the amount of price appreciation. And I think we're also going to see what happens in the federal budget. So that's another caveat where, if, if there's no changes to the housing rules, you're going to see a very strong, robust 2021. Um, but in April, if the budget comes out and there's some kind of a, a change in either the mortgage rules or the speculation tax, a few things that they're talking about, um, you know, that could simmer things down a bit. Yeah, yeah that's cool. exactly what happened in 2017. And, and same with in Vancouver. We're running out of time here, good friends. Uh, of course, the show is Hi-Fi Radio, available by podcast as well. Uh, Jack and I uh, put the show on for you each and every week to try to keep you abreast of changes in the various markets that matter to a long-term successful financial plan. Drew Donaldson is a mortgage broker. Donaldson Capital is how you can contact him. I strongly encourage anyone, if you're uh, in the process of buying or taking on a mortgage, um, make sure it is properly shopped around the marketplace because truly uh, when it comes to borrowing money it is the ultimate commodity price matters a whole lot and what jack and i do that's a very different kettle of fish if you have any questions about what we do you can contact us uh wolfgangkline.com is our website uh, all the information and then some is available to you i want you to stay safe my good friends have yourself an amazing easter uh use technology zoom the numbers are going up i want you to all stay safe have yourself a great weekend thank you for spending some time with us i'm wolfgang klein jack hartle uh, thank you my good friend good job putting the show together have yourself a great weekend bye-bye Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.